Good afternoon and good morning. This is Tim Pennington of Loyalty 360, welcoming you to another episode. In this series, we talk to brand leaders about what they're seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer, channel, and brand loyalty. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Patrick Stewart. He's the CEO of Apricot Lane Boutique, a specialty retail franchise that offers branded fashion apparel, jewelry, handbags, accessories, and gifts. So uh, Patrick, thanks for taking the time uh, to talk to us today. Why don't we start out by telling a little bit about yourself and the role that you have with the company. Uh, thanks so much, Tim. Thanks for having me. Um, so as you said, my role is CEO uh, for the company and my background has always been in retail, mostly in apparel, but it's extended to other things and it's a broad range of small, mid and large companies. A small company might be specialty retail like Crazy Shirts out of Hawaii that's a $40 million business and a mid-size might be something like a walking company that's a, you know, a 200 plus store uh, retail specialty footwear chain and a large company might be Sears that was during my time there a $20 billion company. So a broad range of background mostly in executive marketing roles, chief marketing officer, VP of marketing, that sort of thing. And uh, am for the last three years, and CEO of uh, Apricot Lane's franchise uh, with about 75 stores uh, across the United States and more opening all the time. We've got stores opening this month, next month, and throughout the, the year. So at 75, we're still fairly small, but growing and have been around for about 13 years. So a relatively young company. Right. And I know that you all emphasize, um, I know I've read some of your literature, you know, really emphasize, you know, shopping local. You really uh, portray yourselves as not really a national chain, but actually a local chain in that community because it's locally owned. Right. Each one of, so the, the, the company that I work for is the franchisor and the parent mm -hmm. company is Country Visions. But what we do is we take entrepreneurs that want to control their own destiny, be their be their own owner, beholden only to themselves really from a business standpoint, um, but need support of a franchise with, with all of the aspects of running a business. And that basically ensures success as opposed to just trying to run your own business and start your entire thing from scratch. So we take those entrepreneurs and help guide them in every aspect of business so that they can be successful. And as you pointed out, local is exactly what they are. They're opening a local boutique. Typically the size of a boutique would be about from a thousand square feet at the small side up to maybe 2000 square feet. Some are larger, but that's normally the size. So if you think intimate store, that's what a boutique is. And it has a local owner there usually at least a few days a week, but they control exactly how much time they can put into the store versus having a team that supports them. But to the customer, boy, are they ever going to know that local owner? And that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, do, so do most of your franchisees, have they had a lot of retail experience or these, or do they you know, buy the franchise and then find people with that experience to run it for them? Yeah, it's fascinating. We have, we have some that are, so the, the real fast answer is we've got a great variety. Some with a lot of retail, maybe 20 years and executive, uh, you know, experience at maybe some of the bigger department stores or specialty retail chains. Um, 
but that is not the only thing we have. We have others that have absolutely zero retail experience, never even worked mm -hmm. during their high school or college years in a store. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were a doctor, maybe they were in right. real estate, maybe they were an attorney. The thing that we find that's very common is, and it's a question that we ask because it makes everything just come together so much better. Mm -hmm. It's just a simple question. Do you have a passion for fashion? And right. boy, better right. than 99% of the people who end up owning with us answer yes to that. So they don't have to have expertise or real background in it, but if they have a passion for it, then everything that we teach comes becomes very uh, intuitive to them. It's simpler for them to pick up and learn the best practices that we teach. And they end up really loving what they're doing. Right, right. You say, yes, 75, about 75 locations over the yeah, last what, 13 and, years or so? Yeah, and um, opening more stores this year, like within the next two months, we'll be opening another boutique in Pennsylvania and Maryland and Arizona, Colorado and Texas. So, you know, as you point out, we're, we're national right. um, and, and growing and, and still relatively young. Right. Uh, talk to me about the franchisees and what type of interest they have. You know, you're talking about a retail store and of course everybody wants to, uh, you know, bury retail. Uh, but you know, if it's anything like people that I know, they're eager to get out now. I mean, it's starting to turn where they're eager to get out. This is, they're tired of this. They want to get out, spend money, do what they were doing. Uh, is that sort of the, uh, what you're hearing as well? So yeah, it's a great story. And the, and the things that we see are definitely different than what is reported in, uh, anywhere you would look, whether you were watching, right television mm -hmm. or you're watching CNN or you're looking online, the things that you see there are not really the reality. I find you need to be reporting bad news pretty much exclusively. Right. And, uh, and the good news just doesn't get out there. What we had is our comp store sales were last month up 10%. So our oh. sales were up to last wow. year mm. and our, chain is growing compared to last year and our profitability is up. The thing that we see in our stores is right now and over the last, so the pandemic was really announced about a little more than 160 days ago. So it's been a mm -hmm. long go for many of our owners and it's not easy for many of our owners. What we see in terms of shopping is fewer people coming out, but those that are out, are very intent on shopping. So right. uh, in purchasing, not browsing. So we see right. our conversion rate is much higher than it's ever been mm. across our fleet. And we see the average order value up, uh, but fewer people. We have traffic counters on all our doors. So we have real accurate statistics that say how much traffic comes in. So it's not as much as we want, but those that are out are definitely doing uh, purchasing. Right. Right. Uh, you know, we're all about customer loyalty and customer engagement uh, with our association. Uh, in your experience, you know, I know you're in your career, uh, you know, probably know a lot about customer loyalty to brands and stuff. So uh, my first question is, uh, customer loyalty, what does it mean to you personally? What do you, how do you define that? Ah, this is such a great question. So Taylor Swift has hugely loyal fans. Mm -hmm. There's a name for them. They're called Swifties. <laughs> right. Justin Bieber 
has hugely passionate fans and followers. They're mm -hmm. called believers. Right, right. At Apricot Lane, we have very deeply loyal fans too. They're called mm -hmm. Apricuties. <laughs> so, so how do we develop these? Um, mm -hmm. These, these really passionate. It's not. It's beyond a customer. It's beyond a shopper. It is a passionate fan base, and they're typically thought of as the top ten percent of uh, of the people that shop. You see them the most office. They represent the the most overall dollars spent, and they're buying. You know, the first run products. They aren't looking for sales. They just really have a high level of engagement. The way right. that that happens. At, at a typical apricot lane boutique is is rather unique we have empowered every one of our owners to mm -hmm. do their own buying corporate headquarters doesn't do it for them we teach them how to buy we teach them how to price we introduce mm -hmm. them and get special discounts and deals at like more than 70 different vendors but we don't say here's the sweaters that you have to have this fall and they just land Instead, every one of our owners is in control of their own buying for their own local audience. That is a big deal. We also teach them to buy in micro quantities built to sell out in, say, like three weeks. This is unheard of in the world of retail. No other fashion mm -hmm. does it the way we do. And so what happens is that owner can typically have new product arriving in their store every day. That's what we have in the best of our fleet. They have new product arriving daily mm -hmm. and, if, and at least multiple times a week. Um, and so what that creates for the customer is not just a, a desire to, but a big reward for shopping frequently. You can browse frequently. You want to see what's new. That's what today's customer, whether you're talking millennial, or Gen Z, you could be even talking old customers, Gen Xers and boomers. Or right. they love newness. They love mm -hmm. seeing what is the, the newest. Right. That's what an apricot lane is designed to provide to them. Mm -hmm. And because they're dealing with the the owner that and they and they did the buy, they know everything about the product. They can speak to it in a way that no other retailer can. It's not that right. here's what I was sent or here's what just arrived. It's here's what I bought. And I, in fact, bought it for you. They always have in mind their highest level customer, their VIP, that mm -hmm. top 10%, that big fan that they have. That's who they purchased for. And right. so it has a, they have a deep relationship that's really meaningful. They know each other by name. That's what loyalty looks like. Right. Do you all have a formal loyalty program or, or, or not with that or with your company? We have, we have two. Mm -hmm. uh, one we have, you've probably seen retail before and it basically is a points type of program. This predates me. It's more than seven years old where a certain amount of points are issued for mm -hmm. every transaction that happens. Let's say this is very typical to give a point per dollar because customers really understand that. And you can put a threshold once you've earned 300 points, in other words, once you've spent three hundred dollars, that customer is given a reward. And let's say it was thirty dollars. You get a thirty-dollar reward after three hundred points. That's basically like earning ten percent, something like right. that, right? Um, customers like that 
the reason that I like that is because they lost track of their points. When they right. finally cross that threshold, it's a surprise to them. So it's that's kind of like the gamification. Like, oh, I'm a surprise and delight. Thank you for doing that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But there are better programs. We launched one last year that, that corporately we put it together. So there's there's tech that supports it and the owners mm -hmm. just get to enjoy it. And the big deal is that the customers enjoy it. They really do. The program mm -hmm. is called Fashion Cash. Oh. And the way it works is it is designed to create a VIP customer behavior from a regular customer. So you're trying to take a, someone from being a regular customer and motivate them to become a fan. And how do you do that? Well, first, and this is at a store by store level, we break down, well, what do your top 10% of your customers, your best, what do your fans look and behave like? And so we dig mm -hmm. into the data. And just to give you a quick example, it could be that a normal customer, the average spend is $70 per visit, but your mm -hmm. VIP is $100 per visit. And wow. Once you know that sort of thing, this is just an example. Mm -hmm. sure. Once you know that, you then model a very specific program to reward that type of behavior from the regular customer. And so here's right. how it would work in this case. Get $25 fashion cash when you spend $100 during this visit. And right. that customer is given that reward instantly. They really like oh. it. They don't and have to come back. They can cash it in then at that nope. point. No, nope, yeah. that is no, that's not how it works. It is you get this $25 fashion cash, but that fashion cash is only redeemable on the next visit. On the next visit, right. Okay. Right. And so you've created two great VIP customer type of behaviors. One, you took a person who was regularly going to spend 70 mm -hmm. and given them mentally the reason to upspend. Oh, right. it's basically like free money. Exactly. It's just like that. But it's right. not. To the business, it's not. It's I created a hundred dollar transaction. It was all regular price merchandise. There was no discounting given. So it's a profitable, really great first transaction. And then it creates a second visit, which is another thing that VIP customers do. Mm -hmm. So you've created two things. And, you've, and, and the reason to do that is to place a high value, not just on the first transaction, but on the first transaction, full price merchandise, not discounting because that's what VIP customers do. They buy full price merchandise. They like it. They like what mm -hmm. you're offering as the owner. They are not looking for a discount. And then you're going to see them again with great frequency. And frequency mm -hmm. is magic. You know frequency is magic. Everyone instinctively knows it, but if you need a real tangible number behind how good is frequency, the next time you're in Starbucks, ask the person who's standing in line in front of you, hey, is this your first time in Starbucks? Right. <laughs> and you'll get the humor of it. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Uh, you're right. I don't know if I've ever been there, but uh, well, let me ask you, uh, you know, as a, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, that, that you face as a senior marketer? And, and, and uh, how do you see those things changing? But what is it, you know, that, that you all see there as challenges out there? I tell you, the challenge is, educating people on what good is happening mm -hmm. as, as i mentioned before right um there the the media is built to obtain viewers and it's just far more effective to get people to tune right. in 
with bad news right. than it is with good news. And the right. news cycle is 24-7. Right. So, so overcoming objections and basically putting a new lens on reality, a wider scope on reality, it's not that you couldn't say that the bad news didn't happen, but you haven't really seen the good news, even though right. it happened as well. Right. I don't know if too many people. I don't know if too many people even know that the market's doing so well right now. You don't hear that. You don't. You you, you don't like <laughs> like the mark the market. Yes. So Nasdaq, all time high, just right. hit last month. S and P surpassed its all time high this month. Right. Tesla, just as an example of an outstanding and amazing American success story. So this is a a company that. The, their stock is 10 times more valuable right now than it was one year ago. 10 right. times. It has a market cap that like it's a company that a year ago, many people said, I think it's going to go out of business, going to go bankrupt. And instead, that American automobile company now has a market cap that's higher than the combined Ford, GM, right. Chrysler, Mercedes, BMW, Volkswagen, <laughs> right. all combined. Right. So success stories, you know, just, and there's other, no, so I don't want to talk just about the market or one example, uh, new home, new home sales in mm -hmm. July, I think all time record. And if not, at least the highest that it's been in like the last six years, um, new homes built in July, I think is the highest since 2006. Americans now have more savings than they do in the last six years. I mean, there are, there's just an outstanding quantity of good news. And we have that as well down to the micro, what's happening at April right. Lane. And as I've mentioned, you know, with our sales performance being up in July and our profitability being up, so many of our owners have really good stories. And that's despite not being able to do business freely. Right. I mean, right. They, they have limited hours that, I mean, that are mandated by their local government. A lot of stores that we have in our fleet cannot be open on Monday because hmm. that's the mandate in the mall where they're located. Now, not all of hmm. our stores located in malls, but many malls, like you have to be closed on Sunday now, or you have to be closed on Monday, or these are the hours that you're limited. Can you use the dressing room or not? Do you, are masks required mm -hmm. from everyone that comes in? Uh, hand sanitizer, do you have to steam the clothing afterwards? So there are so many things that are preventing right. business as usual, and right. yet we're successful despite it, Still which, it, is despite why, it. which is why we're like, boy, we really look forward to, and most getting back really to look forward to get back and to just remove some of these hurdles. Right. You don't have to remove all 10, but how about right. removing five of them? Right, exactly. So let me ask you, how does in, in engagement, how does your, how does, um, uh, Apricot Lane Boutique, how do you communicate with customers? So social media is mm -hmm. a big component and we empower all of our stores. So we set up for every one of our stores to have their own Instagram page, their own Facebook page. We also set them up with their own Google My Business. So it basically is a, uh, if you did a Google search, you would quickly find the location for the store, but you'll also find a website that we mm -hmm. set up. Now it is not to do e-commerce, but it sure looks like it. It is a robust website that is individual to each store. So mm -hmm. corporate headquarters sets it up so that it's no work at all for the individual store. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has 
a feed directly to their Instagram page. So if you were to look at an Apricot Lane store, let's say you looked up Apricot Lane Fairfield, you clicked on website, it would show their a big splash page that you kind of understand who they are. It'll have a map to their store, the phone number, their hours. And it'll also show you all of their very latest product because it's being fed by their Instagram photos. And, mm-hmm. and every, there are no exceptions. All of our stores are, are constantly taking photographs to keep their Instagram up to date. And so if it feeds into the website, it's just taking an asset that already exists and just leveraging it. And the, the social media platforms that are the most popular with us, and we have owners that are also active on TikTok right. and, and Pinterest and other platforms, but Instagram and Facebook are just like the most popular. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the overall journey that today's customer wants. It enriches right. their in-store experience. Their journey that the customer wants is to check out, to maybe see an ad, mm-hmm. just, in, just in their Instagram feed. Uh, it doesn't have to be something in face, just the new arrivals. It's the fashion. They click on that. They then see all the new arrivals that are on Instagram, and then they come to the store. That's mm-hmm. true both of existing customers that know about that location. And it's also true for people that haven't discovered it yet. That digital journey leads to the in-store, which is in fact, and this is really statistically where it is with apparel, more than nine out of 10 um, of today's customer want the transaction to be in the store. They like the digital, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to apparel, they want to touch it. They want to try it on. That's right. just much more meaningful than what you would think if you only watch the news, which is every millennial just wants to order. Order and have it show up in a that's, package. That's not the case, right? <laughs> not, not with me with that. Well, let me ask you, so uh, what challenges do you all have with, uh, you know, collecting, uh, you know, data and, and analytics from customers? Do you do that much or, 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 or not? I know some, some retailers do that extensively of collecting those data. Do you all do that and, and how do you deal with it? We do. It's very important. So there's different pieces of data to Mm -hmm. gather. So if you have a first time customer that comes in and let's say, you know, I use the example of a hundred dollar making a VIP. Let's say this person does a $200 purchase, right? So that during checkout, if that person just has a really nice transaction and you've helped them as the owner throughout the entire thing, you know their name and everything and boy, that was fantastic. And, and they leave, mm. but you didn't capture at least their email address or their mobile phone so that you can text them. If you didn't capture that, that w- was just a big loss because now mm-hmm. how are you going to be assured that you communicate mm-hmm. properly with that person? I mean, a proper communication would be at least a thank you that came mm-hmm. to them maybe in a, in a day or two. But how about an invitation to come back? Right. Now, the data becomes even better if you didn't just capture the ability to reach out to them, but you also knew what they purchased. Because let's use just a brand, let's say it was Dress Forum. And it was, uh, that was the, the brand of dress that they purchased. Mm-hmm. You as the owner know exactly when you're going to get new arrivals of that exact product. And when you do, wouldn't that person be the first one that you'd right. want? to know about it. Mm -hmm. So if you do a really good job capturing data and then dipping into it, then you become a much more effective uh, business operator and you 
you're, you're better at giving the customer exactly what they want, which is the proper type of heads up. Because mm -hmm. then instead of sending out a mass email to all of your customers saying, just land a new dress form, what if you could select only those that purchased right. dress form within the last 12 months and let them have first dibs that right. they feel very special? Mm -hmm. And with, with Apricot Land, I told you our model is really to teach our owners, buy in micro quantities. The reason that we do this is because we know that customers prefer it. It sounds counterintuitive, but mm -hmm. customers want the product that they bought to sell out. They prefer it to sell out in three weeks. Right. The customer has a great feeling if you remove all buyer's remorse. As I mm -hmm. said, most of our customers are buying at full price. Not that the price is high. Prices are very reasonable. But every customer has years and years, like decades of experience with other retail, which is if you mm -hmm. just wait, it'll probably be on sale. Right. Except when they've had that occasion of the product sold out. Right. And then they're, and then they're, <laughs> and they don't want to wait. Right. And then their process is I'm glad I purchased it while it was still available. It's, right. That's how we operate always. And right. so if you use your data correctly, you're able to send out a message mm -hmm. to people that purchased a particular style. You say the new arrivals are in and then those sell out. That customer then, the, the loyalty is deepened. Their experiences with you are better. Everything comes together in a really um, good growth oriented way. Right. That's how we operate. That's how we operate. Uh, one, last, one last question before I let you go with that uh, is, uh, you know, all the years that you've been in marketing and, and, and you know, in retail and all the, uh, what, what do you believe is going to be sort of the next big thing for, uh, especially customer loyalty or customer experience? What do you, what do you envision is going to be happening over the next years or maybe half decade or so? Well, what I really think is going to happen in the next year is a, a shift towards, and particularly for apparel, but it's not limited to apparel. I think what, what all of your listeners are going to see is a shift toward more local ownership. Mm. Here's, here's why. I'll name a few things, and a lot of mm -hmm. your owners are already going to know, that, know this, and I'll stick to the um, bigger apparel side of the story, but it's going on well beyond apparel. This rebalancing is happening. So mm -hmm. you've got, uh, and, and it's actually very good. Okay, so what you've got right now is Zara. So they're based out of Spain, closing 1,200 stores. Right. H&M out of Sweden, closing, I think, over 170 stores. Mm -hmm. Gap, U.S.-based, California-based company, uh, closing 225 stores this year, more next year. Steinmark, I think out of Florida, closing 225 stores, or 280, excuse me. Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. J.C. Penney has been closing many. They'll be closing another 150. Lord and Taylor, uh, closing all third, liquidating all 38 of their big department mm. stores. So the thing that every one of those companies has in common, whether they're not U.S. based or are, mm. is they're big. They're right. big, and the today's customer has fatigued of the saturation of sameness mm -hmm. in product. And also a, uh, a degraded customer experience. The service, mm -hmm. the service in every one of those is not what it was 20 years ago. Degraded customer service. But you know where the customer service is better than 
every one of those and better than what it was 20 years ago is by local ownership. Local ownership right. dominates in the service side. Like you, you could be a 20 year old and never have experienced what good customer right. service was like <laughs> in any of the places, but you right. know it when you see it. And right. that's why there's such a preference for local. So the big shift in the ownership of that square footage is, is beneficial in a couple of ways sameness disappears and so the reward for going out and shopping is a better discovery and people love the treasure hunt aspect of discovering something they haven't seen before the cu the customer service when it's elevated is always fantastic you get every right person that's ever experienced good fine dining as opposed to fast yes. food dining immediately knows that the experience is everything right um and the other important thing to note is that the local dollars really stay local. So every mm -hmm. person, their local community, this is really important to mm -hmm. today's millennial and Gen Z particular, but other generations as well, is the, the feeling of my dollars are more meaningful. And when you're doing it locally, you don't have to wonder exactly what's happening to it. It's staying local. Right, right. Well, great. Well, that's some great insight. Like I said, and I uh, certainly appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time, Patrick, and uh, you know, in talking with us today. And we wish the best for um, you all at Apricot Lane. And please keep uh, you know keep us up to date. And hopefully, very soon we'll be talking to you, and you will have uh, a lot more stores and a lot more opportunities. But it sounds like it's a very good uh, uh, you know, shop local is the big word we've been hearing. And so, best of luck to you all. And uh, again, we'll we'll, we'll be catching up and talking to you soon. Thank it's been you. my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.